What's up everybody, Brandon R. Scarborough here. I want to take a moment to share with you and tell you about my dream, my passion, ultimately my purpose. Dreams Academy is our nonprofit organization located in Akron, Ohio, where we specialize in mentoring young men of color. I started Dreams Academy in 2016, and since then, we've had the opportunity to impact and mentor over 300 young men in our area. I want to tell you about this because it's dear to me, it's near to me, and so I want to tell you how you can support. Go to our website and see what we're doing, www.dreamsacademyonline.org. Also, when you get to our website, be sure to visit our Queens Academy page. We launched Queens Academy so that we can start having the same impact with young women of color in the summer of 2021. It's been a great journey and we look forward to impacting more and more young people. We need your help. Consider today making a donation to Dreams Academy so that we can keep impacting more and more young people. You can give online right at our website. You can give through Cash App, Dreams Academy. You can also text to give by texting DREAMS to 44321. If you are unable to donate now, that's completely fine. We still want to connect with you. Visit us on Instagram at Dreams Academy USA and Queens Academy USA. You can join us on Facebook at Dreams Academy and Queens Academy, or go to our website and fill out the contact us form and leave us your email address so we can add you to our email list so that you will get our newsletter so you can stay up to date with everything that's happening with our organization. Whatever you decide to do, however you connect with us, we're grateful for the connection. Thank you so much in advance for your support. Welcome everyone. Welcome to a new season of Dear White Teacher. Happy New Year, happy holidays. Hope everyone had a restful, relaxing holiday season. I hope you got a chance to go back over some of the older shows and revisit and share and learn um, some more, but we're very excited about 2023. Got some new guests today, got some old guests today, so we're gonna have a good time. Um, I'm going to let Candace and Dr. Redelia, you may remember her from a past episode, um, I'll let Candace introduce herself and I'll let Dr. Redelia reintroduce herself and then we're going to jump right into a great conversation. Hey, thank you all for coming. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having yes. us. Yes. Ms. Candace, you want to tell, tell the audience, you, you know, we, we talked about, you don't have to get too extensive, but share what you would like to share. Um, more than just my name? Well, so we're going to talk about, so let's just let everybody know, it's a lot of nervousness today. <laughs> You can see why today we have the honor of having our first white teacher on the show. Everybody give her a round of applause. She's really honored to be here, but she's nervous. She's a great friend of Dr. House, or Dr. Redeal, you gotta say it, put all the government out there, but it's all right. <laughs> um, but we're, we're gonna slide right in. We're gonna get past the nerves and let Candace tell what she wants to tell. Okay, um, my name's Candace. Um, I've been teaching and in the education world post-graduation now for seven years. Um, I've taught in all over Northeast Ohio, it feels like, um, in the Akron area, Youngstown, Canton. I did a little bit of subbing in some non-urban schools like Lake, um, a little bit of Rootstown. Um, I graduated from the University of Akron and I'm currently in my seventh year of education and it's, it's been going really good. So the cool part about everything you just said is hopefully we have listeners, uh, listeners outside of Ohio. They have no idea what a Youngstown is, <laughs> any of that stuff. That's the big, you know, it's a big city on the map. Sometimes we yeah. get venues come there for right. concerts and stuff. Right. But, right. you know, in the Northeast area, um, so I grew up in um, Hartville, which is a very small K 
Cal used to be Amish town. Mm -hmm. um, Flea and, Market City. Yes, yeah. Flea Market City, yeah. yes. Uh, the Hartville Chocolate Factory mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Um, and then from there, went to the University of Akron and um, then started teaching in urban schools. I did a little bit of subbing in non-urban schools, but um, after a couple of years in the urban schools and throughout trying to find a job that I could stay in, yeah. um, that's been where I've stayed. That's where I hunt my jobs out at, and it's where what I'm doing, yeah. It's cool. going really well. Cool. Dr. Rodelia, you want to refresh our memories? <laughs> this is Dr. Rodelia. <laughs> Hi everyone, nice to be back. Um, again, Dr. House, uh, teacher, been teaching a very long time. Um, by profession, I'm a math teacher, but also um, I do do some professional learning with different um, school districts, different um, teachers. So I believe that you and I had a conversation after you came on the show and you was like, hey, I have a friend that, you know, would do well in this, in this conversation. Yes. You know, you, you're well versed on our subject area and what we talk about. So, you know, tell us how you all's relationship came to fruition. Do you want to start? Do you want me to start? You can start. Okay. Um, after a couple years at the school I was at and I got let go with budget cuts and stuff and I found a job where I could get a job and it happened to be with Dr. House. Um, it was a small little charter school over here in Akron, and we were, for the middle school, a team of three. She taught every grade and all the students in the middle school math. I taught all of the students social studies and science, which is a little, oh, because <laughs> one of those contents was not even my licensure. So it was a little, a lot of new stuff happening. Um, and the school had very high behavior expectations on paper mm -hmm. and um, Dr. House who had successfully been at that school for a couple years um, was really kind she took me and the other teacher that because I came in with two of us were coming to the team brand new yeah. Dr. House was the only one there from previous years and she took us under her wings and kind of like helped us with um, getting to know the school the expectations and the students because a lot of them had been there since elementary school, gotcha. or at least been there for multiple years to where she knew siblings and family members and stuff like that. Um, so from there, from a, not really a on the book mentor, but an mm. off the book unofficial mentor okay. that she didn't have to be. And then after we left that place, we just stayed in touch. Yeah. Yeah. We get together, we talk education, we talk life yeah, and just everything, everything. Yeah. yeah. That's dope. That's dope. And that's a great flow right into the conversation. Like I heard you mention that you you've been in urban schools and mm -hmm. that that audience. Have you found another Dr. House? Like in some of the places that you were, did you find that type of assistance and mentorship um, in them? Sadly, not always. Um, you know, because of distance and where you can get a job and budget cuts. Like I've moved schools more than I would have liked to, but. In all of them, you don't always find a doctor house. Right. Um, I've been fortunate enough to where the other school that I was in a few years, I did have a solid mentor like that. He took me under his wing, would give me little tips of advice and help me out. But it's not always that way, yeah. no. So, and Dr. House, I don't know what I'm gonna call you. I, I've known <laughs> D forever, so this Dr. House stuff and D is killing me, you know, so I'm trying to. Uh, 
making me more nervous than what it is. Like, what do I call it? Anyway, um, where, how did you see yourself filling that role, like unofficial mentor, but like just like, I guess it can come from a personal standpoint, but just was it more like I see where people can do better in this space or like what kind of push, push that? I think overall, when they came on board, I actually was the only teacher that was remaining. Okay. That remained oh, wow. from the previous year. So when they came on board, it was like all everyone was new. You was everybody's mentor. Right. <laughs> so, so I was put in a leadership position, yeah. but I was pretty much the leader of the middle school for, for a couple of years, yeah. you know, since I was there. Um, and so when they came on board, it was more so trying to get them acclimated that they don't leave during the school yeah. year because you can easily lose the teacher, especially if they don't feel supported. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, made sure that they realized that um, they can definitely rely on me as a person to support them through their journey at the school. Yeah. No, so I just immediately realized that what do y'all need? I kind of stepped in. Um, did they have different breakdown moments? Yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> Which I know, know is going to happen. Right. Um, and so you just got to kind of build that rapport with them that they can trust you as their leader or a go-to person and a person that they can confide in and they don't have to worry about whatever they're saying. I don't care if it's um, something that might be dealing with race or something that might deal with um, the academic struggles of the students. You're just being a, becoming a safe place for them. Yeah. And so, you know, that came up even before we cut the cameras on, that race is such a, a sensitive subject. Yes. You got to, you know, tread lightly and be delicate with it. But the purpose of this podcast is to actually talk about, you know, white teachers who teach in urban districts, um, the support factor. Um, one of the biggest things that comes up is relationships. And so, you know, what would be your take on relationship building in urban districts, you know, when you may come from two different places or, you know, just whatever your lens on that is. It's, the relationships is everything. And like, I know like it's going to sound like a repeat because every episode seems yeah. like you talk about yeah. that, but it is everything. Um, especially because sometimes you don't have the backing of the administration. There may be one rule on the paper. And if you're following that rule, it, nothing's happening. So like you sometimes don't have that support and you have to make sure that you have that relationship mm -hmm. with the students. And as a white teacher, it looks might be a little bit different than it does for others. Yeah. Um, but you have to try, you have to put in the work. Um, I've had occasions where like, especially cause as a teacher, we have to worry about testing behaviors and you know, there's all these in district testing, state testing, normal testing. Um, helping people close the gap and it's gotten even worse since the yeah. pandemic yeah. Um, so we don't necessarily have that time in the classroom and when instructions going on so you have to find and make the time mm -hmm. it may be going to the basketball games going to the sporting events going and watching your cheerleaders out there um, if it doesn't fit in with my schedule to where I can go at a time towards at my school to where I get a free ticket then I'm going to the away game it's easier for the kids to see you anyways. Yeah. And if they can't, you know, you make sure you're a really loud cheerleader for them in that yeah, audience. Right. Right. Um, I've had things where some of my more difficult ones, I've spent my lunch time with them. I'll bring me a lunch. I bring them a second lunch. Yeah. I warm it up. We sit down, we have lunch, and we talk and get to know each other. Yeah. Um, and also with parents. 
that's another really big thing with the kids and building that relationship. Um, so right off the rip at the beginning of school, I'm calling parents instantly. Oh, yeah, I had a really great day meeting your child today. Oh, your kid did this so great. He participated in discussion. Oh, she did this, you know, really well or so, just anything possible mm -hmm. to call home and start off on a positive note yeah. with those parents. Yeah. Because if they're on your side, then it goes so much smoother. So much and you have to invest that time at the beginning so the year is easier and instruction can happen. Mm -hmm. I love how you said call home with, with, with a positive. Positive, heart. right yeah. off the beginning, right off yeah. the beginning. That first week of school, I am calling and calling and calling. Yes, yeah. right off positive. And I know that it works because I have had students come up to me and tell me like, thanks for calling my dad. Because I know like that person, you know, you could see a little squirrely in their seat the yeah. first couple days to where you're like, okay, this might become a disruption. So make sure to call home real fast. Yeah. And you know, that kid comes up and like, Thank you for calling home. Wow. Like they don't get phone calls or yeah. something. Or just even positive feedback yes. on, on anything that yes. they've done. Yes, and it, it's, oh, like, thank you. You know, yeah. like it, it is, it's really nice. And then like, I've also had situations where thanks to those positive relationships at home with parents, also where if I had have to have a bad phone call home, I've had that student the next day come in and tell me like, I'm sorry, my mom talked to me mm. or my dad talked to me like, and they said, you're like, I know that you were doing it because Ms. Worrell never calls for something like that. <laughs> right. Um, so it's really about building those relationships. And then when you're also building on the positive things, also like the parents are a huge help at the middle school and high school level with, hey, Johnny's not doing his work in class, but it's on that computer. Like he's at home with you. Like, could you please just check in with him? Like keeping them informed on their education too. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, not only is it about building those relationships and having a good positive respect relationship, but we have to educate our kids. Because teaching in the urban district, we have a lot of economically disadvantaged students. Mm -hmm. And even though I did grow up in Hartville, I was the economically disadvantaged of Hartville. So while my struggles might look different, the struggles of, are we gonna have enough food? Do I have enough clothes to where kids aren't noticing me in the same thing every day? Yeah. You know, stuff like that is, I understand and like education was able to help bring me to where I'm not struggling paycheck to paycheck. Right. So we need to make sure that like I'm helping my students be able to graduate and be successful in their next step of life as well. I told you this was going to be easy. Yeah, yeah like once well, you start I, talking I think, education. See, I'm about to go. They don't, they don't but, need me no more. I'm leaving. <laughs> overall, like working with Miss World, um, she's, she's definitely telling the truth about yeah. herself. Um, that's one thing I've noticed about her head on when we when she first started was contacting the parents. I might have to step in a little bit and kind of, <laughs> you know, uh, put some gravy on some things or try to help her out, like have, know, knowing who to talk to, yeah. who not to talk to or what to say and what not to say. But the one thing about Miss World, she was very open to any help that I can possibly give her yeah. um, and actually the whole team. They yeah. was very open, you know, to learning and seeing, you know, because I think a lot of them watched me in my classroom. <laughs> and so they was trying to see, well, what are you what, what are you doing that I need to do? Or, mm -hmm. you know, but I've always said from the get go, be yourself. Yes. Yeah. And that right there is the key, because Dr. House's non-negotiables and what her classroom looks like isn't going to be my no. non-negotiables <laughs> right, and what my right. classroom looks like. Right. It's different, but that, yes, that be yourself. And that's something that I keep with me and stick with me. Like I'm not trying to come in and act 
anything. I'm not trying to like assume that I know the culture, assume that I know where you're coming from or anything like that. I'm just being myself and the kids appreciate that. Yeah. They can tell and smell out the bull crap. Yeah. So like it just, you gotta be yourself right. and find what works for you and how you're able to work and help your kids. Yeah. And I thought that was, that's, that's good. That's a good point. Um, and that's what made us unique, a unique yeah. team, because what I probably wouldn't put up with, I think she would probably put up with, yeah. but I was just like, it's okay. If it works for you, you do it. And it may have give, given the kids a good balance yes. to leave from yeah. you and get to yeah. you and back and it, forth. It was a balance. Yeah. It was. And also because they also knew though that ultimately at the end of the day, we were on the same page. Mm -hmm. We want you to get your education and yeah. we want you being respectful and we want you being treated respectfully. Yeah. And so like if there's an issue, like they know we're going to have each other's back right. and we're both going to be there to help the kid. Yeah. So in, in speaking of building relationships, you got a class of 20 kids, right? Oh, I wish. That's a nice number. Yeah, <laughs> okay. right. So I, I was being nice. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so that makes it worse. So let's go to 25 then. You got, you got 25 personalities, yeah. backgrounds, uh, economic challenges. You got 25 different personalities how do you figure out how to build 25 different ways but yet even still remain a unit because th this is my classroom we, we want the culture of our room to be what it is but I got 25 personalities in here so I need to be who I need to be to him but need to be who I need to be to her too I think with that one it's all about baby steps and consistency mm. So, and then it also comes back to being yourself too though, because when the kids come in my room, they know I'm gonna be the same today that I am gonna to be tomorrow. Mm -hmm. My expectations are gonna be the same, but I'm also gonna be the same. I'm a nurturer, mm -hmm. big nurturer. They know that's, so if you think you need hung, you're hungry, you need a Band-Aid, yeah. they know where to come. Um, but the expectations and everything are still the same. So at, at the beginning, you're standing at that door Hello, good morning. Oh, I'm glad you're back today. Yeah. It just starts right there, that first positive interaction. Yeah. And then as you're in the room, you keep that positive interaction. You gotta, you have to be a role model. You have to model the behavior. So always keeping yourself calm, not responding to the little things when Johnny's trying to get your irritation, mm -hmm. you know, trying to push the buttons. You don't respond, you know, you gotta stay above the line and stuff like that, remain calm. Um, just be consistent, check in with all your kids, make sure that you're paying attention to everybody. If somebody's not doing work, you know, you can see if you're observing your class and keeping an eye out, you can see that little Johnny's not working. Make your way over there to see what's going on. But it's all about those small little interactions consistently moving around the room from the minute they're in there to when they leave. Yeah. I feel like I was a politician there maybe didn't answer the question and went around no, it? No. I think overall okay. just building relationships, yeah. you know, taking time to learn about them individually, uh, what they like. Some mm -hmm. are gamers, some are not. Some of them like to read books. Some Music of them, is, right, know, and just trying so to much. see and trying to find out, find things that you might have um, that is in common. Mm -hmm. And so you started to talk about those things, you know, like I'm a big LeBron James fan. And so a lot of times when I say I'm a LeBron James friend, it's over. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
Um, so and that's an easy get, one because everybody might not be a right. Kobe, Kobe better right. than him. Kobe, you know, you right. get that, that so whole it was thing. A, a lot of that too. Yeah. Um, but it was okay. Yeah. Um, and I think even connection point. Yeah. So you get a chance to connect. But I think even when we was working together, is you know helping this world see it's okay to be stern. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because that's another thing too. Like you sometimes like you don't want to. Sometimes, and that's another thing, teachers, and I think that's something that you got to get over time. Yeah. And it comes with time of teaching that it's okay to say no to the kids. Yes. Like, the expectation and have a high bar, it's okay. And it's okay to say no. Like, we're not there to be friends. It's to educate you, to help you. And, yeah, so, like, just to be there, you know, in that way. But, like, it, if you say no, it's okay. Yeah. Because... If you need my help, I'm still going to be there to help you. Like, it's not, it's, yeah. And I think even with parents yes. saying, you know, I had to say, it's okay. If you, if you do not accept that type of behavior, you tell the parent, yeah. I don't accept that type of behavior. Yeah. And if they're combative, you just continue to tell them, I don't accept that type of behavior in this classroom. Mm -hmm. And that's where the consistency comes yes. in and is so key. Because you can't let it go sometimes and then sometimes not. Like, it has to be every day. Yeah. Even if kids don't know what consistent means, mm -hmm. they appreciate the, the behavior and yes. the pattern of it. Yes, yes, yeah. they do. And I think one thing with working with Ms. World, um, if she didn't know what to do, I'm probably going to see her around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Dr. House, ask her yeah. questions or getting my opinion or trying to give her direction on how to handle a certain matter yeah. and um, so she can be successful. Yeah. And I think that really uh, brought us into having a better relationship as coworkers yeah. and as a team yeah. um, that we can really lean on each other yeah. uh, and tapping into our strengths and weaknesses. You know, uh, one thing with, with where else she'll have some candy, she'll have different things. And I'm probably like, um, no, Johnny don't need that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's how she was, you yeah. know, in the classroom. So you can't take that away from yeah. um, that individual. Yeah. And so, but we will laugh all the time. We we found humor in a lot of stuff. Yeah. I think that's what helped us a lot, you know. Laugh to keep from Laughter. Yes, <laughs> yes. Laughter. Even when she had her moment, yeah. it's like, oh, this is not, this is just a little ice yeah. on a cake. Yeah. You know, but I appreciate because majority of our students were African-American. Mm -hmm. And so, but even though majority of our teachers were Caucasian. Mm -hmm. And so um, even with my team, I was the only uh, teacher of color. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so them, them coming and working alongside me uh, and, and, and trying to take advice from me, like, okay, uh, and I know one of the things with Ms. World was she was a reader. So if the policy said this, yeah. you know, she was wondering, okay, she's new to the school. Would, would the school be following this policy, you know, when it comes to if I have an issue with this particular student? And so I just had to work with her on um, what was written on the paper and what we actually do. Yeah. You said so much that I, I want to touch on. And I'm going to forget a piece of it, but one of it was um, you talked about how the school was majority black. And, and so part of the mission of this podcast is focusing on that realization. It's, it's data, it's numbers. It's mm -hmm. all across America. 
uh, I think there's only two or three percent of African-American teachers in the United States. Mm -hmm. So most black children, most of, if not all of their teachers will be w white, whether they in a suburban district, uh, urban district or, or whatever. So part of the mission of this podcast is to like, not bring that to light, but how do we say, since we know this is a reality, how can we assist and support and talk about some of the challenges of that so that everybody's successful, right? So um, I got a comment on Instagram after I posted a clip of, of a show um, and a guy said, well, why is it called Dear White Teacher and not just Dear Teacher? I really wanted to say that ain't what God gave me to do, but mm -hmm. anyway, right. you know, they, they come at you funny on that right. social media Most stuff. But, you know, I pointed out that reality, right? And he said, well, I feel like you're apologizing for the realities of black children. I was like, I really said, man, go watch the rest of the show, man. <laughs> you you focus on a 30 second clip. It's not about apologizing. It's the truth. And right. so we have to educate everybody on what those realities are. Right. So you were talking about uh, how sometimes if you run into something, you just go ask, hey, how do I handle this or what would you do? Have you found yourself in situations where other white teachers were asking you, how, how did you do that? Like, I saw that work. Like, show me how to do it. Um, occasionally, and, you know, like, I will say what works for me and mm -hmm. what I do. Um, sometimes people are receptive. More often than not, I do get told, like, well, that's a lot of work. Mm. Um, but I also think that's why it's really important for teachers to self-reflect mm. um, on their practices, what they're doing, but it has to be meaningful. Yeah. You, you got to really look at it be like, okay, well, is there something I could be doing better? Or maybe it's just a, this isn't the job for me yes. because there's a, teachers have to do so much. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're being the teacher, you're being the mom, you're being a counselor. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you're helping, you feed them. Like, it's, you're doing a lot. Yeah. And sometimes, especially in an urban district, um, you have to show that you care yeah. and that you are somebody worth respecting and being trusted. Yes. And so, like, that can take a while. Mm -hmm. It might take me longer than it takes Dr. House. Yes. And so, like, some people just don't have the patience for that. And if that's the case, maybe that's not the district. Maybe that's not the profession for you sometimes. Yeah. So, like, you really got to self-reflect yeah. in a meaningful way and try to see what you can do better and be receptive of advice if you're getting advice. Yeah, I, it, it's always amazing. Like, sometimes I feel like I'm doing the same show over and over and over again because <laughs> the same concepts come back mm -hmm. up, but I, I don't even remember what show that definitely came up, you know, you got to have a passion just yes. for the work, you know, regardless of who it is, you got to have a passion for the work. And so, you know, I, I hear what you said about sometimes it takes a, a little longer sometimes, but if you, and I think that ties into the, to the authenticity piece as well. Because if you don't want to be there, it's going to come, it's going to come out. Oh yeah. If you're just there so you can have summers off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It, it, it's it's going to show. Yeah. Yeah. And the kids are going to pick up on that. And yeah, so it's, it's, yeah. So, and I think also, um, along with that, uh, when she was saying it might take her, me, take her a little bit longer versus mm -hmm. me, 
And it's certain things that she's not able to say that I probably am able mm -hmm. to say. <laughs> that we, you know, we learn, you know, yeah. you probably want, you don't probably want to say it like that. Yeah. Or, you know, you probably want to say it like this because they might, the parents might take it a different way. Yeah. Um, or they might consider you picking on their child versus me picking on them, mm -hmm. so. Yeah. So this is another question I ask everybody. As you reflect on college and your training to teach, did, did building relationships come up? Like, was there training on this is a necessary component to be successful? Oh, no, no. It was. You have the same answer everybody no. has. And that's why, like, after graduating, even with, and it felt like we did a lot of field hours and you got your student teaching experience, but it did not prepare you for what it was really like. Mm. Um, it, it didn't. You, you focus on strategies for teaching, mm -hmm. strategies for helping students get caught up. Um, you know, all that stuff, Bloom's taxonomy, mm -hmm. increase the rigor, testing, like that's really in your content. Mm -hmm. That's what you get taught. They don't really teach you those, in, even in the psychology classes, it's very basic. It doesn't go into real world experiences. Yeah. And so I think sometimes when you go from the college setting and then into a real school, it can be like, whoa, where, where's this in my notes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. told me about this. Yes. So do you think there needs to be, I think this came up on your show, yeah, we talked about student did. teaching. Yeah. yeah, we talked about um, yeah. broadening student teaching to mm -hmm. engage what are then students to teach in all different types of yes. um, environments. Yes, um, it definitely does. And they need to get them into the classroom sooner. You mm. shouldn't be waiting until you're two years from graduation to be stepping into the classroom. You need to be in there sooner, seeing what it's really like and making sure that that's the work that you're passionate about mm. and that that's where you should be. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that part. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if maybe it's changed since I've graduated, no, I but think that's a good, good it was point. junior year. Yeah. I think that's a good point. I mean, um, and I think, you know, a lot of times student teaching is at one school mm -hmm. and, and you're there the whole time. And I think it will help. And I might have brought it up on my last podcast um, that it will help if they put them in different areas. Yeah. You know, put them in an urban area. Um, put it in, put it in a um, more of a mixed area. Mm -hmm. um, just give them a variety, yeah. so they can have, so they can be prepared. Because I think even I think when we was on a team together, we had some incoming um, teachers mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> on our team. So did, did, you know, did, even did though I was even though I was the veteran teacher yeah. and she was probably the second, they were brand new. Yes, let that set in. My first year <laughs> there, and I already was second in row for seniority. <laughs> like, wow. Did yeah. the other ones make it through the year? It was a revolving door yeah. all year, which then makes it harder for the kids. It makes it harder for the team. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. it does. I think it was a struggle with them. I think I think it was a um, it was an eye opener yeah. for them because they. They just never um, taught in this that type of environment. Yeah. So if we're talking so teacher not, preparation, we're talking about expanding um, what student teaching looks like. Yeah. But we're also talking, like you mentioned, psychology. And at this point, especially with the emphasis on mental health. Yes. Like there just has to be some type of training for teachers, and even for teachers for themselves. 
Right. Just because of the the everything you all take, like you the said, man. you become yeah, yes. yeah. You, your mom, your dad, your confidant, your feeding kids. You know, you become a a lot of things to a lot of people. So, should colleges be focusing on the development of we really need these teachers to understand that building relationships is a key to successful classrooms. Building relationships, it's a difference between building a relationship and giving a child whatever they want. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. that's not building a relationship. Yeah. You know, a lot of times... So I feel like you're saying you see a lot of teachers giving kids whatever they want because they might think that that's how you build relationships. That's true. And then also try to appease them. Mm. You know, I don't want Johnny acting up. Yeah. So let me give him whatever they want. Yeah. Um, and just learning. Um, I, I always have a philosophy. You're not p preparing kids just for right now. You're yeah. preparing them for the future. Yeah. And so and they're not going to in life get everything they want. Yeah. And so you have to tell them no. Yeah. You have to um, teach them that. So, and we, we'll wrap up after this, in hearing that, you know, teachers aren't prepared from a relational standpoint, um, I guess what kind of detriment have you seen that cause in the classroom? Mm. So, with the lack of a relationship building? Mm -hmm. Kids don't care what you know until they know, know that you care. care. Yes. So, yeah. like, if Johnny doesn't like you and you're not building that relationship with Johnny, Johnny's going to sit there and not do any of his work because he thinks it's hurting you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And really, it's hurting himself. Mm -hmm. So it's so crucial to be building those relationships so that you can educate and help the student achieve and go on into the next steps in life. But if that relationship's not there, but not just a relationship where you're appeasing, like they know, like, no, I have to do my work. I, you know, like I can't act out. I'm not just sitting here playing on my phone. Yeah. Then, you know, they're going to do their work and then it's going to help them in the long run. It helps the classroom in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to piggyback? And I, I think um, overall, be honest, yeah. be truthful uh, with, with kids. Um, they know if you're just, they know they've been acting up and you tell them they're good, yeah. you know, or their behavior. Your behavior is outstanding. They know yeah. that they threw a chair <laughs> and hit Amy <laughs> across the room. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's just really making sure they understand, yes, I care, mm -hmm. but this is not going to be tolerated. Yes, I care, but you need to make sure your homework is in. Yeah. Um, yes, I care, I will call your parent, mm -hmm. you know, just letting them know that caring look different yeah you know because i'm getting on you don't mean i don't care right i'm getting on you because i do care mm -hmm. so that last question i think we'll see <laughs> um, in your experiences you talked about the teachers that may not have the passion for it or it, this just may not be their profession do you feel as fellow staff members accountable to not tell them to quit but mention like this this might not be the job for you <laughs> because I, you got you got a lot at stake you know if we can see school starts in september we can see by november this this is not cutting it for you and if you also see that they're not open to suggestions 
what happens. Either they're going to continue to try to stay there and eventually they'll pull themselves out or yeah. they'll just get overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, and it's just too much for them and they're like, I, I need to leave. Yeah. Um, one thing in the charter school world, uh, they probably it's probably easier for teachers to leave. Yeah. Um, it's, it's nothing for, uh, you can see a teacher one week and they can leave during lunchtime. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. it's nothing if, it, if it's that stressful. Um, it's just making sure, at the end of the day, just making sure they get whatever they need to yeah. be successful. And then once they realize, okay, maybe this is not for me, you know, I think the sad part is when you have prepared to be in a profession for so many years and then you get in this profession and you're not successfully trained, you mm. get in and you like, oh, I wasted four years of my life. What am I going to do next? Yeah. So they like, okay, let me figure out. I have to try to get through this because I don't know what else to do. I've trained to be a teacher for four years. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's hard for them to just say, no, this is not for yeah. me. Yeah, and in four years now, I got sixty, eighty thousand dollars right. on the school loan, to take care right. of it myself or whatever. So they're going to yeah. try to make it work. They're going to yeah. try to make it work. They might not be a, uh, um, I would say, a great teacher, yeah. but they're going to try to make it work because they got a livelihood they need to take care of. Yeah, yeah. Even though our kids are suffering. Yeah because this teacher is really not happy in their position and the kids know when you're not happy yes yeah. they can they can see it on you and so that last one for real because <laughs> you said you mentioned this earlier you know about i'm consistent i'm at the door hey how your day going how did how do you as a person when you have to shut off whatever's going on with you mm. to be that for them like I guess it kind of ties into like your own mental health your own self-care regimen how do you what's your practice for that um this is probably not going to be a good one but it's it really is just a matter for me personally I just really love and have a passion for being with the kids mm -hmm. and helping the kids so when there's things going on in my life that might be overwhelming or something it helps to focus on them. Be like, cool. oh, okay, well, what can you know? I can do yeah. for you, or um, even if, like, let's say, little Johnny's maybe has all my social studies work done. Or something. pause real quick. Is any of y'all's kids named Johnny? This is not, <laughs> not personal towards Johnny. I'm just using the name. No. Go ahead. Um, but you know, then being like, okay, well, you know, to keep focused on the kid, yeah. you know. Well, what are you doing in ELA? What's that grade looking like over there? Maybe yeah. I can help you with something there. But, you know, focusing in on the kids and doing what you love is a really good way of trying to keep yourself sane for mm -hmm. a little bit and make yourself the day. It's really just getting in there with the kids and surrounding yourself with them. No, that's good. That's good. They're yeah. mo motivating you. Yeah, yeah, they do. And I think also, like, working with Miss World, she's definitely... Um, a teacher that is rare, that mm -hmm. is, you know, don't look like the the kids themselves in the classroom. Um, but I've been around teachers that are Caucasian and they really love working in that environment and they yeah. do well. Um, and so, and I think, you know, working with her heads on, it wasn't about race. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, a, it was all about helping the kids. Yeah. And, and that's, that was her focus. And she made sure she prepared, did her lessons. Um, 
But overall, I don't know, can you say going to school, did it prepare you for that environment? It did not prepare me for that environment, no. It was definitely staying in it. And that's another thing too, like some teachers quit, you know, around that yeah. five year mark or so. Like, and that's when you're really just starting, where I finally felt like, oh, okay, I guess I do got this yeah. down a little bit yeah. now. Um, so you gotta like stay and keep at it with it, it because especially if that's where your passion is at and that's what you really care about, you will get better and it will, mm -hmm. it gets easier. Yeah. And if you can stay at a job in a district, in a school and be a returning teacher, it gets easier with just yeah. being there, you know, yeah. the next years and the kids seeing you again in the building. I love it. But then I think also, um, I found that some teachers get out of profession because of their parents. The way the parents talk to them, yeah, you know, the way they communicate with them, and they like, oh, I don't, I didn't, I didn't come to my job to do this or deal yeah. with this type of behavior. Yeah, and, and one of the things I often think about is a lot of teachers get into the profession thinking they're going back to the suburban school where their mom taught at, where mm. their dad taught at, but they stay. 30, 40, 50 yes. years, there's no job opening till way till they decide to retire. Right. So guess where I have to go? The urban school because of that it's such an open door there. Right. And because I'm not prepared for it, now I'm burnt out three years later because this is not what I thought it would be. I, I thought I was going back out or, you know, whatever out is. And so um, I don't think I made that theory up, but I feel like I did. No, but I mean, even if they did their student teaching in a sub in, um, suburban area, yeah. and then they get a job in an urban school, yeah. it's like, oh, uh, it's like yeah. night and day. Night and day. And yeah. so it's like, oh, it's a culture shock. Yeah. And like, I don't know if I can make it. Yeah. Because, you know, um, and I've worked in all sectors. Mm -hmm. So I might have to be a, long, uh, a little bit more sterner. Yeah. In, uh, in an urban environment versus in a suburban yeah. environment. Um, and so you have to be able to, but at the same time, this is your learning. This is your learning ground. Mm -hmm. So you want to be able to learn in different environments. Right. That's how, that's how you grow as a professional. That's how you grow as a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. This has been fun. <laughs> Thank you all so much. Yes, thank you yeah. for having us. Yeah. No, thank you. So we always ask our guests to leave us with a word of wisdom. Candace came prepared with three. Ah. So you can tell how many ever you want. You got, it's your floor. You can do one, you can do three. Um, Dr. Radelia, I almost said D again. <laughs> Go back and find her episode to hear hers, all right? Candace? Um, build the relationships. You, you have to focus on building relationships and you know focus on that really strong and hard at the beginning. And then just make sure that you are reflecting in a meaningful way and that you're being consistent. And that would be my three. Cool. And be yourself. Be yourself. Yes. 3A. 3B. Yeah, 3A, yes. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much for joining us. I thank Candice and Dr. Uh, I'm going to get this right after the podcast. Dr. Rodelia House D. She's all of them. Thank you all for coming. Be sure to like, share, download the podcast, hit it on YouTube, subscribe, share it with your friends. Until um, next time, see you later. Thank you so much. <laughs>